The new 1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group alongside Phil Paleologos. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Money Wise with the Money Guys brought to you by USA Wealth Group. You know, when you think about USA Wealth Group, their whole motto is to protect your family, protect your money, and nobody does that better, folks, than Ray Lance, who's been doing it for quite a while now. And Ray, it's always a pleasure to be in your company every Sunday morning at this time. Good Sunday morning, Phil. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the last official edition of MoneyWise for 2015. Yeah. And today right. we're going to be talking about what are some of the key important financial things that happened in 2015, things that we all need to know about, and sooner or later, if not right now, will impact everybody who's listening to the show most what I'd like to do this morning, Phil, is just to say a big thank you to everyone who listens. We have a you lot bet. of people who tell us that they listen to the show every single week, and that really inspires us to put a lot of effort into trying to find material that's useful and yes. relevant to everyone's financial life. So, You're so right. Thank you very much for listening. And although we're broadcasting this immediately after Christmas, I'd like to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And we wish for everyone listening today a very happy, healthy, and hopefully prosperous new year in 2016. So, Phil and ladies and gentlemen, we have two very special guests with us this morning. I see. First of all, we have Peter Lance. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. And, Peter, what is your company? Tell folks what your company is. Uh, it's the Lance Family Insurance Agency. And what do you do there? Every type of insurance that you can imagine, whether it's your home, your auto, renter's insurance, motorcycle, boat, everything pretty much, as well as financial advising with uh, life insurance and annuities and other investments. And basically helping people financially. Uh, before we begin, tell us what your telephone number is in case somebody would like to meet you, Pete. 508-858-0555. And I wasn't going to do this until later, but because you've asked me what we do and for the phone number... I just wanted to say hello to a listener and now a client, um, Howard. I will not say a last name, but uh, he came in this past week, and we were able to save him quite a bit on his insurance. And he said, geez, I've been listening forever, and you know, I thought about coming in. I wish I had done it earlier. So wow. good morning, and hello, Howard. And, and thank you for listening. Yes. Now, we have one more very important guest we need to introduce. And uh, Peter, would you perform an introduction this morning for our third guest that we have here? Yeah, absolutely. This is my favorite middle child, Tyler. Yeah, he's your only middle child. Uh, Say good morning, Ty. Good morning. Nice to have you here. Tyler, can you tell everybody who's listening how old you are? I am n nine years old and I'm in fourth grade. And do you like school? A little bit. A little bit. Well, what did you learn in school? Great answer. <laughs> a lot of multiplication and division. Yeah, what's your favorite subject? Math. Math. He's a great math student, Phil. They've been giving him some advanced things to study because he he's so good. He's so smart. He does. Do you want to say hello to your teacher? Hello, Miss Mello. <laughs> well, Tyler, Merry welcome. Christmas. Oh, thanks. Tyler, thank you for being here with us this morning. We might ask you to. Tell a couple of jokes or something on the radio. Would you like to do that? Do you know any jokes you can tell? 
No. No. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll come back to you. You know, one of the things we do want to talk about today, though, both at the beginning of the show, at the end of the show, is the absolute importance of attitude. And so I've assembled a few quotations on attitude that I think are, are very uh, useful. Uh, Winston Churchill said, attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference. Love it. And Thomas Jefferson said, nothing can stop the man with the right mental attitude from achieving his goal. Nothing on earth can help the man with the wrong mental attitude. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as a topic today. But primarily, we want to talk about the year-end and review, some important financial things that have happened in our country, around the world, a lot of interesting things. And in no particular order, um, I have a very interesting sheet called By the Numbers. And listen to this for a minute. In 2015, the median sales price, which is the middle sales price for selling houses in this country, was $219,600. And the median sales price of existing homes sold in 2005, 10 years ago, was $229,000. That means in 10 years, the average, not the average, I don't want to use average, the median sales price has gone down by $10,000. So the real estate market is still very much uh, in a slump. And, you know, what do you think of when you think of the American dream? Well, the American dream is owning your own home, isn't it? Sure. And paying it off. And paying it off. <laughs> well, the national home ownership rate in this country as of September 30, 2015 was 63.7%. So 64% of us roughly in the country own a house. Ten years ago, in December 31st, 2004, the homeownership rate at that point was 69.2%. So the number of people owning homes in the country has gone down, and the number of people going from homeowner status to rental status has increased. So the American dream is not the same as it was ten years ago. And it's a reflection of what's been happening in our economy. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, one other interesting thing that I found uh, on this paper is that a lot of people in the South are more readily available and find it easier to quit their jobs and find another job than they do in the Northeast. Of course, we live in the Northeast. So right now, 42% of Americans that quit their job in September 2015 live in the South, 16 southern states. But only 14% of the people that quit their jobs live in the Northeast. So people who live and work in the Northeast are afraid to quit their jobs because there aren't as many jobs available in the Northeast. Another telling statistic of some of the economic problems that were going through in the country, and especially um, in the Northeast as well, so I'm not going to just simply talk about a lot of statistics today, but I do want to talk about some of the important changes that have taken place. Uh, we've seen some very uh, drastic changes taking place in Social Security. And what I will tell anybody listening today, for example, is that if you are roughly around the age of 62, maybe a little bit older, you haven't yet started to collect Social Security, it's critically important you get some advice because um, between now and the beginning of April in 2016, there are some significant things you can still do as a married couple 
And then after approximately April 15th of 2016, you will no longer be able to do such important things as file and suspend, for example, is being oh. eliminated. So uh, social security changes have taken place. Uh, some of the social security changes uh, that have been uh, impacted this year um, really have been put in at the very last minute, buried in other congressional bills. And it's, it's a source of constant frustration, I think, in this country that um, many of the important tax law changes, uh, raising interest rates changes, social security changes, Medicare changes, they get done very quietly, very quickly, in the dark of the night and buried in some other congressional bill without any publicity or notice to the American public. And I think it's probably an example of why the public in general is very frustrated with government in general. Oh, yeah. You said that file and suspend is going to be going away? Yes, it is. Why? Well, um, it's been regarded or was regarded in the recent budget bill. When they passed the new budget bill, it was regarded as a loophole. Oh, wow. But God yet, forbid we have loopholes. But it's been around for a long time. Well, our, our Internal Revenue Code, for example, the tax code is nothing but loopholes. In fact, if you strung it all together, it would look like a big dish of spaghetti. Quick question. If our listeners want to go by, file and suspend, do you do that in one visit? You can. You can do it in one visit. Okay. Um, the important thing to recognize is that the Social Security Administration and their employees are specifically prohibited from giving advice. They have a regulation that says they're not allowed to tell people how to do these things or give you advice. They can tell you what your account balance is and what you might collect at age 62 or 66 or 70, but they're not allowed to give you advice on different strategies. So you need to get some uh, interesting advice from people who know what that subject is all about. May I suggest they call your office and confer with you, Ray? Sure, that would, be, that would be helpful. We would appreciate that. And by the way, we are USA Wealth Group. We're located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. The uh, road is a lot more passable now than it was uh, even a couple of months ago. And you can reach us at 508-998-8858. But the important thing, I think, for anyone listening today is, gosh, this is a time of year when people take stock about what's happened in 2015. Where do they want to go in 2016? Are they retired? Do they want to improve their retirement? And you need to get some advice and recommendations for do that. And that's really what we like to explain Tyler, wake up. No, 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 no. Tyler's <laughs> awake, aren't you, Ty? Yes. So anyway, there's some very important things that have taken place. Um, Peter, uh, I'm going to just refer you for a second to this memo number two on the second page. And I'm going to have you follow along and tell people what's going to happen with Social Security increases for 2016. Well, the good news is that you're still going to receive Social Security, which some people are fearful that that might go away at some point. But the benefits for 2016 are going to remain flat. That means you're not going to have any increase in your benefits. There will be no increase in Social Security benefits for 2016. And in 40 years, there's only three times when that has occurred. So that's a reflection of the economy as well. Not only that, but the uh, interest rates are going up, and in addition, your Medicare premiums could go up. Well, 
Um, so certain things are going to change, some for the better, some not for the better. But for Social Security, there will be no increase for the entire year 2016. Now, this one we can't really blame on Congress. This one we have to blame on the economy because Congress doesn't make a decision every single year whether to give a Social Security increase or not. Rather, it's tied into a formula based upon the cost of living. Can we remind everyone what the word Congress means? Congress. Oh, that's a... a, Did you ever hear of a pride of lions? We talk about this once in a while on the radio. You know, if you have a group of lions together, it's called a pride of lions, which is a very significant word when you think about lions. And uh, geese, if you have a bunch of geese together, it's called a a gaggle of geese. And Congress uh, refers to a gathering of baboons. (laughs) So if you have a group of baboons together, that's called a Congress of baboons. Could not be more fitting. And Tyler (laughs) is down here making his baboon face. You know, every day, Monday through Friday, at the White House, they have the press room that's filled with all of your correspondence. Sure. You see uh, the press secretary come out and give briefings on all the issues. They call that a gaggle. They they call it a gaggle? I think that's a good word, too. (laughs) That's the daily gaggle. Well, do you know what they call a gathering of broadcasters and disc jockeys and newscasters? I've got my hard hat on. What? <laughs> a, a noise of broadcasters. <laughs> no, sorry. Not, not terribly original, but anyway. So anyways, no Social Security increases yeah. on the one hand. On the other hand, for those people who haven't yet started to collect Social Security... Uh, between married couples, the file and suspend strategy, strategy has been a very important strategy for many, many people, allowing them to have more overall money coming into their house. That's going to go away. It will not impact anybody who is already under that. They will be grandfathered. Just for a second, remind our listeners, what exactly is file and suspend, folks? If it sure. wasn't for Ray Lance, we would not have known about this around this area. Well, file and suspend... Let's say it's a husband and wife, and let's say that the husband wants to file Social Security. Let's say they're both age 66, for example, because at age 66, if he files for Social Security, then his wife can claim a benefit of as much as 50% of his as a spousal benefit. So what he would do is he would file for Social Security, and then he could suspend because possibly he wanted to let his own account accumulate all the way up until age 70 when he could get a larger amount. Well, if he filed and suspended, it gave his wife, let's say, the ability to go in and collect 50% of his benefit, even though he wasn't collecting his own benefit himself. Uh, That particular strategy is going to be eliminated as of April 2016. So if you're in that age grouping of roughly between age 62 and 66, and you haven't started to collect, you really need to investigate this. But uh, give us a call, 508-998-8858. We'd be happy to make an appointment and sit down with you and talk to you about that. It's also a little bit more of a, um, you know, a picture of what's going on in our economy. I'm just reading this here that since, uh, Automatic cost of living adjustments began in 1975 for Social Security benefits. There's only been three times where there has not been an increase every year, and that has been three times in the last five years. Yep. 
2010, 2011, and now 2016. Well, the economy is still not in uh, great shape. So uh, that means you need to be more concerned than ever about saving money, making money, putting money aside into retirement accounts. But guess what happens if you're uh, paying Medicare? Uh, for probably about a third of the people paying into Medicare, the cost of their premiums oh. is going to go up. Why? Well, it's a, it's a combination of the fact that there's not going to be a Social Security increase for certain people. Uh, or, I mean, for everybody, he's not going to get a Social Security increase. But for various people who pay Medicare premiums, and uh, most of us do who are collecting Medicare, uh, if you're in certain tax brackets, it's going to impact you and you're not going to be able to collect, uh, you're not going to be able to uh, pay the same that you've been paying. Not everybody will have a, an increase in the cost of Medicare premiums. But again, if you haven't heard about this and you don't know about it, you absolutely need to look into it. And you should talk to an expert about that. I'm also seeing that uh, the maximum possible benefit is declining in 2016. So if uh, a 66-year-old signed up for Social Security last year, they, uh, if they were able to receive the absolute maximum uh, benefit, it would have been $2,663. And if they, a 66-year-old retires and signs up for benefits in 2016, it's actually $24 uh, less a month. So it's not a huge amount, but it still uh, is actually in decline. So about 25% of all people currently employed, currently enrolled rather in Medicare, about 25% of them will see an increase in their premium. And um, we can sit down and talk to you about that if you have concerns about it. Um, but again, this is something that was put through in the dark of the night by Congress, and uh, you need to pay close attention to it. Let's come back and talk for a minute about uh, cost of living, and let's talk about some of the things that will impact everyone. There are some tax breaks, oh. um, and we had some new a new tax bill that was passed by both houses of Congress. It was signed by the president uh, just a little over a week ago. Um, a tax break for Christmas, we're calling it, and. It's going to benefit a lot of people, but it's going to harm some people as well. And you need to be aware of it. Uh, there's a lot of information. It's brand new. There have been three or four articles in the newspaper, one in the local newspaper. There have been articles in the Wall Street Journal and other journals. Um, and we want to be sure that you know about this. Congress has done the same thing for about three years in a row now. There are some tax provisions, and they're called extenders. Well, let's say it's a deduction ability to take uh, a credit for business. So, for example, you want to buy a new photocopier machine for your business, but you're not sure you can deduct it. Well, the provision that allowed you to deduct that as a deductible cost instead of spreading the cost maybe over five years originally expired at the end of 2014. And we've gone the entire year without knowing whether that was going to be put back in place again. And then two weeks before the end of the year, they pass a tax bill and they say, oh, no, we're going to extend that again. So now you've only got the very end of the year to say, you know what, I can take a, a tax deduction if I go out and spend this money and buy this piece of equipment I need. So at the very last minute of the year, you have to go out and make a decision to spend the money on the equipment. It's, it's, a, it's a really dumb way to run the tax law. It's a dumb way to run the country. 
because wouldn't it be helpful to the economy, for example, if you knew in the middle of the year that sure. you could spend money? Because now you'd be inclined to go out and buy that piece of equipment you need, which would help the stores, which would help people who needed jobs. But instead, they wait until the very last couple of weeks of the year and say, oh, yeah, we're going to put this back into place again. It's just another reason that shows, you know, Congress doesn't know what they're doing, unfortunately, and they're working for themselves, not for us. Tyler wanted to talk about the debt ceiling really quickly. <laughs> is that what you wanted to talk about, Tyler? And how old is Tyler again? He's uh, How old is Tyler, Ray? How old are you, Tyler? I'm still nine years old. You're still nine <laughs> years old. That's what I... <laughs> hasn't changed a bit. It hasn't changed. He is awesome. Tyler is awesome. So what about the uh, debt ceiling, Tyler? Since the nation's debt ceiling was lifted, Lifted on Monday, 11.02.15, four weeks ago today, our government's outstanding debt has risen by $567 billion to $18.720 trillion. That is exceptional. He is such a great reader at the fourth grade. Thanks, Ty. I appreciate that. So our national debt has gone way up just... I think that's a serious concern. The debt continues to rise. Um, we recently passed an extension of the, uh, the budget bill uh, to allow the country to keep running. Maybe that's not a good idea sometimes. The, the debt ceiling was lifted uh, at the beginning of November of 2015, and in that time, the national debt went up $567 billion. Mm. You know, I can remember about, uh, I guess it was around 12 or 16 years ago, we actually had a balanced budget. Oh, yeah. And we didn't have a massive deficit. That's right. And in a very short time, we've gone up to a, a very massive debt. You know, we wouldn't run our households this way. No, you absolutely. Couldn't, you couldn't Speaking survive. that, did Congress do anything beneficial for homeowners? I mean, they gave us the end of the year tax break for businesses. Any good news for homeowners, Ray? Well, they've done a, f a few things, yes. Um, some of them deal with IRAs, some deal with state deductions, some deal with educator expenses, and we're going to be talking about some of that. Um, so let me run down the quick list of some of the things that they did do, and we call this a tax break for Christmas. Um, IRA charitable transfers. This doesn't impact everybody, but let's say that you're over 70 and a half, and you have to be over 70 and a half, and you have money in your IRA account. Well, what happens when you take the money out from your IRA and you are required to take it? You have to pay income taxes on it. Not everybody is fortunate in this, in this situation where they uh, don't really need the money. Well, what they've been able to do in the past, and this is one of these bills that was stopped as of December 31st, 2014, uh, they could take money from their IRA and contribute it directly to a charity. And they wouldn't get a deduction for the gift, but they wouldn't be taxed on the income as they took it out of their IRA, up to $100,000. So again, it doesn't impact a lot of people, but it was helpful to some people who didn't need the money, wanted to benefit the charity, and obviously it benefited the charity and it benefited the individual because they didn't have to report that withdrawal as income. That has now been extended, um, and so that is available. Um, so it's not a tax deduction per se. A state and local sales tax deduction, um, that can now be 
uh, deducted as well off your federal income tax return. Educator expenses. This is important for you, Pete. This is really important uh, because you do a lot of work with teachers. A lot of teachers use their own personal money to help enhance their classroom. Sure. They'll buy things for the kids in school. I think Tyler has fallen asleep. <laughs> it was exciting at first, I'll tell you. <laughs> but um, there's a write-off that allows millions and millions of teachers in grades K through 12 to deduct as much as $250 of classroom supplies. So there are a lot of teachers who pay money out of their own pocket to help sure. their classrooms. Uh, they can deduct that now, up to $250. And very quickly, because we do have to go to break in just a second, uh, if you are a teacher or know a teacher who has student loan debt, uh, please get in touch with me because there may be a possibility that you can uh, eliminate and have some of that student loan debt forgiven. Uh, there was a program that was created in 2007 that is coming due in 2017, so a year from now, but you can take some steps now to plan and prepare for that. Uh, so when 2017 does come, you can possibly qualify for uh, a, a student loan debt forgiveness. Let's, uh, come, let's come back to that particular yeah, topic right after the break. And stay tuned because we're going to be talking about some other tax breaks that you can utilize even in the last few minutes of the year. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise. This is our year-end show. We want to talk about some important things that happened in 2015 that will impact your taxes, your income, your finances, your deductions, uh, your savings ability. And we're also talking a little bit today about attitude. Albert Einstein once said, weakness of attitude becomes weakness of character. He was a very smart man. You know, go ahead. And Tyler, how's your attitude? Oh, say something. Very Tyler. bad. Oh, very bad. No. And and how old are you? Still nine. Still nine. Just making sure. Uh, William James, James, William James, J-A-M-E-S, a very important philosopher uh, in the uh, 18th century in this country, said, the greatest discovery of my generation is that a human being can alter his life by altering his attitudes. So I like the think about positive attitudes, but let's come back to some additional tax breaks that I think are very important and also a very interesting financial piece of information for you, Pete. Mass transit benefits. Um, let's say that an employer gives transit passes or carpooling passes and so forth. That's going to be a deductible expense. Uh, 529 plans, savings plans for uh, college, uh, for example. Uh, they uh, plans, 529 plans can now be used to buy computer equipment and technology equipment and no longer has to be used just for tuition or room and board, for example. That's an important thing. There's yeah. not a school that you go to today that doesn't require their students to have certain amounts of uh, computer equipment, right, Pete? Yep. Now, Pete, who, who do you like to listen to on the radio when you're not listening to Phil Paleologus? <laughs> Well, this is a very polarizing topic because you either love him or you hate him. I've listened to him since I was 14 years old, Howard Stern. And if anybody actually gave him a chance and listened to him for, you know, a half an hour, you would realize that he's a very genuinely nice person um, who does a lot of great things and basically is just a very nice person and extremely funny. Um, again, you love him or you hate him. I've... Uh, 
had you know many tough times in my life, as many as most people do, and almost every time the person who gets me to smile and laugh for the first time again, just like when I lost my dog a few months ago, first time I smiled and laughed was listening to Howard Stern. So, mm. <laughs> well, Howard Stern has just signed a new five-year deal with Sirius Radio. And he and, and his wife have also donated personally millions of dollars and have fundraised for even more multitudes of million dollars for um, the North Shore Animal League, which is a huge uh, nonprofit no-kill animal shelter. Hmm. And by the way, they're, they're going also from radio to a video. They're going to be doing video streaming as well. Yep. So... Anyway, that's a positive piece of economic news for somebody that's been important in uh, Peter's life. Yeah, I know. You know, before the break, Peter was mentioning uh, ways to perhaps defray student loans. There's a brand new concept out. Some of the larger companies are offering a $10,000 payment on one's student loan as part of the benefits program. Nice. I hadn't heard that. That's, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. It's, it's innovative. Now, how does that segue into what uh, you were going to talk about? Uh, back in 2007, the federal government created a program that said, basically, if you pay every single month your student loans on time, don't miss any payments uh, for 10 years, then you may be eligible for some student loan forgiveness at the end of that 10-year period, which is, of course, 2017. Uh, in addition, there's another student loan uh, debt forgiveness program uh, that may allow teachers to be uh, eligible for up to $17,500 of student loan forgiveness. And coincided with, with the other program, you may be eligible for quite a bit of student loan forgiveness, uh, but you do have to make your payments on time, and you do have to continue to uh, pay them uh, for a period of 10 years for one of the programs. For the other program, uh, that may not uh, necessarily be the case. One of the biggest things I will tell you is that you need to absolutely pay your student loans no matter who you are, an educator, a police officer, a firefighter. Um, those are just some of the people that may qualify for this uh, new um, debt forgiveness program. And in addition, do not consolidate your student loan debt without talking to an expert. Um, most of, and I do say most of, uh, the consolidation companies are predatory. And that means that they are in it for themselves. They're in it to make money. They're not in it to tr help you out. Uh, and it can end up costing you and hurting you in the long run, both with your credit score as well as paying more money than you expected to. So make sure that you, if you do consolidate your student loan debt, uh, you talk to an expert first because it may disqualify you from some of these student loan debt forgiveness programs. And it also might end up you know, hurting your credit score and costing you more money in the, in the long run. Good advice. So, uh, Peter, how does somebody reach you, especially if they're interested in that topic? What's your phone number? Phone number is 508-858-0555. Let's come back again and talk about some of these important tax laws. Now, I mentioned earlier that one of the things that has happened with these tax provisions is that they would expire at the end of a year, and then two weeks before the end of the following year, Congress would extend them again for the year that's just about over. So a lot of the changes, a number of the changes that they've had to do year by year by year, they've now made as permanent changes in the tax code. And some of them are important to a lot of people listening today. For example, the American Opportunity Tax Credit provides a credit of up to $2,500 for college tuition and other related costs. That was a year by year thing that's now permanent. Uh, one of the things that always uh, 
cracks me up about the tax code and the tax bills is somebody in Washington is very creative at giving these things really nifty names. So the uh, one of the tax bills is called Protecting Americans from Tax Hikes of 2015. It's called PATH, P-A-T-H, Protecting Americans from Tax Hikes. And it's not got anything to do with tax hikes. It has to do with various deductions and credits and so forth. But they give it this fancy political name. So that was just passed on uh, December 18th of 2015. Uh, They also uh, passed and the president signed into law the Consolidations Appropriations Act. Um, We ought to have something that would have like SAP Act or something like that for all the saps that work in the government. (laughs) But another thing that's uh, important is that there's a $4,000 deduction for higher education expenses uh, was extended through 2016, the end of 2016. Um, I mentioned uh, this $250 ability to deduct educator expenses, Pete, which is very important for a lot of your teacher clients um, who spend money out of pocket for supplies in their classroom. Now they have a uh, permanent ability to deduct up to $250 a year. And unfortunately, so many do spend money out of their own pocket that they should not have to. It should be provided to them, but especially in the uh, lower income schools, it just doesn't happen. And a lot of teachers, you know, bring supplies from, there's a joke that uh, I've told before, but it's been at least a year. Teachers are the only uh, profession where they steal supplies from home and bring them to their work. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Um, And in in addition to what you're talking about, Dad, um, there's a program that I'm sure most teachers have heard, but if you haven't or if you want more information on how to set up uh, a program for your classroom, if you have something that you need for your classroom but you don't want to pay for and shouldn't have to, there's a program called Donors Choose. And please check that out. It's a great program, and I can help you set up uh, that if you have any questions about it. Good. Yeah, we've talked about that before. That's real important. I want to mention some of the other quick things on uh, the the tax bill. Um, Bill, you asked earlier about homeowners. I want to mention to you specifically that there's something called a residential energy credit. So, for example, if you put new storm doors on or replaced windows or new insulation or maybe insulated your roof and things of that nature, a new hot water tank. You had deadlines you had to do that by. Well, that's now been made a permanent um, credit for both 2015 and 2016. I shouldn't say permanent. It's been extended all the way through the end of 2016. It's a $500 lifetime limit, but uh, take advantage of some of the energy programs offered by the utility companies. Put in your extra dollars, and you're going to be able to deduct back and uh, make some improvements on your house. Solar energy credit. We've seen a lot of people putting solar panels in their backyard or on their roof. Uh, That's now extended all the way through 2021. Mm -hmm. That's important because it's going to make us more energy independent. Uh, What about businesses? There have been some very important tax changes for businesses. And so if you have your own business, uh, the research tax credit is now permanent. Um, The ability to convert a C corporation back to an S corporation, which means you can pass through income and losses on your personal tax return. That's now a permanent change that originally had a much shorter period of time. Uh, There's work opportunity tax credits. If you hire certain targeted groups as summer youth, veterans, long-term unemployed individuals, if you hire some of those people uh, in those categories, uh, there's additional credits you can have for hiring in that 
uh, in that group, and that's extended through 2019. A number of other things. The solar energy credit, again, has been extended through 2021 for businesses as well. Uh, we've been working with some people who are looking at developing solar farms, for example, and the question is they got to hurry and they got to do it quickly because these tax credits are set to expire at the end of 2016. Now they're extended through 2021. Uh, bonus depreciation, the ability to write off 50% of the cost of equipment that you put into business, uh, that's now extended all the way through 2016. So a number of things of that nature are important both for individuals and for business. And some of these uh, have now been made permanent. If you have questions about any of these things, I'm going to recommend that you do two things. One, give us a call at our office, 508-998-8858. And I'm also going to put in a plug for uh, my friend John Lally, a certified public accountant, because he's been on the show a number of times, and we spoke just a couple of weeks ago about year-end tax planning, and we talked about some of these extender provisions. Well, finally, Congress acted, and so you need to consult somebody who can give you proper advice. And be on top of it, and he is. And I said at the very, very top of the radio show that uh, a longtime listener, Howard, saved quite a bit of money on his uh, auto insurance and said that he wished he had done it sooner, um, just in case anybody did not hear that. And if anybody would like to speak with me, uh, you can reach me, and I'm going to have Tyler say all of this right now. Matt's Family Insurance Agency, 352 Fonts Corner Road, Dartmouth, 508-858-0555. And, Perfect. And Tyler, thank you. And how old are you, Tyler? You know it. No, tell me. Nine. Nine. Let's see. So let's see. We've got about six years, I guess, before you can work in the office. Still nine. Still nine. <laughs> Actually, he's a very still nine this morning, aren't you, Tyler? He is awesome. And he's not even ticklish. You can come in any day you want and sit in on the radio show. Okay, Tyler, you can co-pilot with earphones and all. He is very ticklish, and I'm testing his professionalism because I've been trying to tickle him and get a laugh out of him, but he's been staying silent, oh, even though he's that. been squirming. I can, I can do that. He's not going to laugh. All right. Let's move on. Let's talk about what the Federal Reserve did in 2015. Just in the last week, Yep. they raised the interest rate, the uh, federal rate, by what's called 25 basis points. So what's basis points mean? I don't think we've actually talked about that on the no, air before. If you think of 1%, 1% equals 100 basis points. So if you talk about 50 basis points, that's one half of 1%. Or 25 basis points is one quarter of 1%. So if you ever hear anybody talking about well, it's going to be 50 basis points. That's one half of 1%. What the Federal Reserve did after uh, seven years of not raising interest rates, they have raised the rate for the, that they charge to member banks, basically, by 25 basis points, or one quarter of 1%. Um, the two following days after that, the stock market took deep dips. Uh, it's come back a little bit since then, but... Um, I should mention that when the second dip occurred, all the news in the Wall Street Journal again was for the entire year 2015, the Dow Jones average had made no gain for the whole year of 2015. Really? Yep. 
So that's, again, a reflection of what the concerns are in this country, what the attitudes are in this country. People are still worried, people are still scared, and people still don't have confidence in this country. And probably until we get through the next presidential election cycle, that's not going to change appreciably. You know, I just read another interesting article, Pete, in the Wall Street Journal um, just uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, and it talked about the fact that of all the things that look to be improvements in the economy, the one thing that hasn't really changed so far is business and companies aren't spending money. They're not making expenditures into capital improvements. And what that means is business in general doesn't have a lot of confidence in the economy because they're not willing to spend the money that creates the products, that creates the jobs. And until we can change this kind of a psychology, businesses, a lot of businesses are still sitting on a lot of cash, but they're unwilling to put it out because they're afraid, they're concerned. And until they change their attitudes and start investing money, it doesn't create jobs, it doesn't lift us all up. So there's a lot of things that still have to happen. And I, I think in some ways what the Federal Reserve did by raising this was it's almost like a little signal to try to artificially increase confidence in a way. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And what does that mean for the average person? Um, what does it mean when they raise the rates? Does anybody benefit from it? Well, banks will slowly start to raise the interest rates that they're paying, but those have been, frankly, um, in the sink, in the toilet. You know, what's the proper word? Um, you know, yeah. to have CDs that pay a half a percent. But um, so gradually we may see some slight increases in rates that the banks are able to pay. But it's going to be gradual. It's going to happen over a period of time. Um, it might mean that maybe in 2017 we might see inflation start to go up again a little bit. And perhaps Social Security will have a raise for 2017. Um, in the housing market, um, it's not going to have a big change. Uh, there was some concern that, well, if the rates are going to start to go up, then maybe mortgage interest rates are going to start to go up again. And that is probably going to happen, but it's going to be very gradual again. So it's still a good time to buy a house and still get good interest rates on a mortgage if you're interested in doing that. Um, for the average person, it's not going to make any difference at all. It's really not. Nope. And we want to um, remind people that it's still a very mixed economy out there in terms of, yes, the Federal Reserve is finally starting to move. That's good news. But we still have um, international situations um, in Greece. Um, the future of the Greek debt, which has been in the news uh, Greece has still not been able to borrow any money in the global debt marketplace uh, all the way going back to July of 2014. Um, they're hoping that sometime in the first half of 2016 they'll be able to refinance their debt and get out of some of the problems that they've been in. But the outstanding debt in this country right now, the national debt is $18.7 trillion. Dollars, which is awful. It's outrageous, mm. and unfortunately, yeah, uh, our politicians, our elected officials from the Congress and the President on down, uh, really haven't addressed this. The government just keeps spending yeah. and spending, 
and you can't spend your way out of this. How will Tyler be able to pay off a debt like that? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, let's face it, we're heading towards retirement. Yeah, It's the future that's going to be faced with this. And I just, uh, I, I shake my head. No, you're absolutely correct. And it is a problem for the next generation below us, Phil. Um, you and I are of a similar age, um, but we won't discuss it on the radio. <laughs> and Men of a certain age. Men of a certain age. <laughs> of a certain, that's the title of a movie, isn't it? <laughs> are still nasty. <laughs> that's funny. Men of a certain age. You know, I watched an interesting uh, news uh, clip uh, just very recently, just before Christmas, and it said that the same identical product being sold in Target stores and a number of other stores for a girl and for a boy, just a different color paint, significantly higher for the girl. So there's major price discrimination in the stores. And they showed two little scooters, and one was pink for the girl and one was blue for the boy. And the one that was pink for the girl was twice the price Terrible. of the one for the boy. There's, there's no justification for it. Um, and if you have a chance to object or protest any of these things, you should do it. And back as early as the early 1900s, I think it was actually around 1930, 1940, there were no colors for boys and colors for girls. Pink and purple were just as much boys' colors as you know, it was for girls, and blue was just as much for girls. It became a marketing decision for toy companies and clothing companies to try to sell specific colors to specific genders just to make more money. That's right. Well, uh, th- this story was really kind of interesting because it also talked about clothing, cosmetics. You can have the same kind of hairstyling gel, shampoo, one for men, one for women, same product, same company, oh, yeah. different price for a woman, higher price for a woman. Always. The cosmetics I wear are much less money than my, than my wife's. Really? Yeah. What, what, <laughs> what, kind, what kind of eyeshadow do you use? Uh, maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> it blends in very nicely, Peter. Thank you. I think it's called Manoline. <laughs> well, actually, um, I don't know about cosmetics. I've never heard of any men wearing cosmetics other than for you know actors or you know television reporters. But uh, the men's uh, hair and hair product sure, and they're all the you same. Know, division and in industry has become huge lately. Yeah. But the same product, same identical product, same company will be priced higher for a woman. Hmm. So women need to complain. Um, I want to talk More? about. I'm sorry. What? What? <laughs> complain what? more. You mean more? <laughs> no, I sorry. didn't say that. Did you? Say, is that what you said, Peter? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hear you say that. What are you laughing about, Phil? <laughs> I get punished for these things all the no. time. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this may be the first time we're going to edit out a few remarks <laughs> in this program. You're listening to. Money-wise, where we're going to talk about money topics, right? <laughs> Gentlemen, <Yeah>. start your <laughs> engines. <laughs> Colin Powell, uh, a general, said, I think whether you're having setbacks or not, the role of a leader is always to display a winning attitude. I like that. Coming back to attitude. Mm. And we need more winning attitude in this country, don't we? But... Um, in the next week or so, we're going to be talking about setting some financial resolutions for 2016. And we all make resolutions. Most resolutions are made the first week of the year. They're broken by the end of January, whether it's going to a gym or starting a budget. 
But we're going to be talking about some things that you need to be doing to start the new year off right. And I was going to talk a little bit about that today if we had time. Yeah, yeah, we have time. But sure. set some goals for yourself and have a good attitude about what you're doing. You know, I think one of the most important things we can do is re-examine banking, re-examine our retirement plans. I don't care what your age is, and the younger the better. The earlier you can start with uh, retirement, uh, the better you are going to be off uh, later. Peter, I want to talk about something very important as we finish this hour in this program, and it's called an attitude of gratitude. We've talked today about some attitude quotations. I want to leave you with uh, what I think is a very important quotation. Develop an attitude of gratitude and give thanks for everything that happens to you, knowing that every step forward is a step toward achieving something bigger and better than your current situation. That was Brian Tracy. I want to say goodbye to Tyler. Tyler, can you wish everybody a happy new year? Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. God bless us, everyone. Oh. oh, wow, that sounds like Tiny Tim. Yeah, it is Tiny Tim. No, it's Tyler. Tyler's a big kid. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Develop an attitude of gratitude. Peter, thank you for being here. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to Money Wise every week.